Hey, Michael, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. You know what? It's almost Halloween again. You know what that means, right? Oh, man. That means we got to go figure out what, what costumes we're going to wear this That's year. That's right. And, you know, this year I was thinking maybe we should do a couple's costume. What do you think? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. This, is the, this, is the, this is the lead in here, folks. All right. So, uh, you know, I was over on HalloweenCostumes.com and I was looking through the couple's costumes and I happened to notice some relevant costumes to us. Matter of fact, number one on the, uh, the list there is A League of Their Own. So we oh, could actually really? dress up as the sisters from A League of Their Own. What do you think? Oh, sounds wonderful. <laughs> sounds delightful. Yes, that sounds, uh, you know. Or, or there's a Batman and Robin, although I think we're going to have to, like, uh, figure out who's going to be Batman and who's going to be Robin. <laughs> Is there any really a debate on that one? I don't know about that. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> one of us could be the cat in the hat. The other one could be Thing 1. But then we That's we're true. lacking Thing 2, I guess. I, um, I like the gender-bent Dumb and Dumber set. Do you see that with the top hats and the orange and blue suits? I do. <laughs> see that that is that so we could is, like reverse gender bend it back yes. to to uh, to us maybe <laughs> i do like the fred flintstone and the dino the dinosaur that's pretty good yeah ghostbusters that's always a classic <laughs> i feel like that's been done a lot like we gotta figure something that's really you know true to this show something kind of kooky and i don't well, know it's not true to this show but i think i found our costume because i just found hugh hefner in a bunny outfit and i'm calling <laughs> dibs on hugh so uh well, great thanks yeah, so anyway if you guys would like to look for some cool halloween costumes and you're trying to figure out something that'll work for you head over to halloweencostumes.com we've partnered with them the last few years as part of the retro network so if you check out their site right now and enter the promo code trn halloween 2022 you can get 20% off, wait for it, your entire order, guys. Take a look, check it out. TRN Halloween 2022 for 20% off your entire order now through October 31st. And I beg you, please do not order us Hugh Hefner in a bunny costume. <laughs> please, please, I beg you, do not. Thank it's, you. No, that's fine. I, I did it already. Bye. <laughs> Great. Hello, hello, this is Pete from Box Office 30. I wanted to tell you all about something exciting I'm working on and invite you to be a part of it. Recently, I started a little online business selling comic books and other collectibles on the Whatnot platform. It's called Pete's Comics and Collectibles. Apt name, right? What is Whatnot, you may be asking yourself? Well, it's kind of a weird blend between Twitch and eBay. You can find all sorts of great collectibles, both modern and vintage. There's tons of different categories you can follow, and what you do is join live shows that the sellers are putting on, and you can see what they're selling, and chat with them in real time, chat with others in real time, and place bids on items that you might be interested in. Really cool, really fun, and if you win, the items are shipped directly to you. Couldn't be easier. And if you join using my link, you'll actually receive $10 to use in the app. So sign up now at whatnot.com slash invite slash Pete's Comics to get your $10. And that's coincidentally the name of my channel, Pete's Comics. So whether you're a new user or somebody who's been using Whatnot for a while, I'd love for you to come check out my stream. I sell lots of fun stuff, lots of old comics, lots of new comics, lots of other stuff coming up. Maybe some baseball cards, Magic the Gathering, who knows? Again, that's Pete's Comics on the Whatnot app. Hope to see you soon. Thanks. a presentation of the Retro Network.
Strap in, movie fans. We're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete. And I'm Michael. And, and this, this is Box, Box Office, Office 30. 30. Welcome to Box Office 30's review of The Mighty Ducks. I'm Pete, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddy, cake eater and co-host, Michael. How you doing, sir? I'm, I'm quacking it up tonight, pal. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, this is... I've been... I want to start off by having a little bit of a side conversation because we've been sort of evolving the podcast in, in a way that we're less going like line by line of the story and more character study and just sort of like an overall perspective on the movie. And I got to say, this is one of those movies where it's, it's almost the tale of two films, you know, (laughs) it feels like two different things are happening at once. There's the story of Gordon Bombay and then there's the story of the ducks and they sort of intersect, but like, in a way where it's almost like looking at it as a, at a 40-year-old's lens, it's not just a kid's movie, you know? There's a lot of seriousness to this story, which I was fascinated by and almost surprised, you know, in, in well, a way. I have to say it's funny, and I um, I wasn't necessarily going to start with this stuff so early, but, you know, I usually do my little bit of research and find some fun fact stuff out. One of the things I think I was most shocked to discover, because a lot of the stuff you're like, okay, yeah, I could see that. But one of the things I was most shocked to discover is that when Steve Brill, the writer of this, wrote this movie, he wrote it very serious, like mm-hmm. where um, Gordon was like an ex-NHL player who was like really suffering from like a lot of alcoholism and like it was much just like overall darker. So obviously it went through like quite an overhaul to become what we ultimately got. Cause it was right. missing all like these kind of like goofy, silly, like kid interactions and, and different things like that. Um, so I was a little surprised to hear that um, when I was going through some of the things and uh, apparently, and I might've mentioned this even seeing a few things in the, the last episode that Steve Brill, the writer actually based a fair amount of this on like experiences from his own life Oh, really? And actually, he was intending to play Gordon Bombay in the movie. Um, but the studio was like, nope. <laughs> we need someone with an actual yeah, name. Exactly. So I guess they were looking at um, Bill Murray originally, but then they deemed him to be too old. Um, and then they were looking at, um, what's his face? Tiger Blood there. Emilio's uh, Charlie Sheen. Brother, Charlie Sheen, but they didn't want to go with him. So ultimately, it came down to Emilio, which is 
what we got, but um, I, <laughs> he, like he, he talks about that, like, like the character of Hans, who's like this like very loving father figure in the movie, is based off of like this like nasty curmudgeon like skate shop guy that he knew. <laughs> and, like, really, I guess like he fell and broke his leg at one point, Steve Brill, like in his hockey days. And the guy was like, well, that looks like that's your problem, like sort of thing, you know, so <laughs> kind of more like coach of the Hawks than uh, or coach of Iceland uh, versus yeah. coach uh, of the Iceland. Hans that we know. Well, so I, I bring Iceland up because here's the thing, Michael. Mm-hmm. I watched the Mighty Ducks. And then you had to watch Mighty Ducks, too. But because- I watched D2. And then I watched a chunk of D3, and then I stopped because D3 is a absolutely horrendous movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But it was funny. I showed – Zoe sat and watched Mighty Ducks with me, and then, like, I wasn't planning on watching the next one. But, like, the very next day, she's like, can we watch D2? Can we watch D2? And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, so we put it on. Don't put me um, a good time. I, I think D2 is a far superior movie than the first one, personally. D, well, I think both are good in their own respects. Um, D2 – so again, here's another fun fact, uh, because it seems like, you know, a la like Back to the Future, that you get to the end of this movie and Gordon Bombay is about to go off and, you know, go do this trial to, you know, get in the minor leagues. And it seems like perfect fodder for a sequel, but they had not intended to do any more sequels really? to this movie. Um, it was only a, like just like a little bit down the road that Eisner, who was in head of uh, Disney at the time, was like, you know what? We want to create the Anaheim Ducks. It would be a great way to promote the team to do another one of those movies. Mm-hmm. And so then that's how the sequel came around. And yeah, I mean, the sequel is really good. Um, it was actually even better than I remembered. But <laughs> we got into that D3 and it was just terrible. Just awful. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, There's like a funny kind of – I mean we, we're getting off track of like talking about the first movie. But one of the things I would bring up about like the first movie compared to the second movie is they seem to forget like half the cast existed in the first movie. Yes. You know, they basically like really trim the fat. Like, you know, the Hall brothers, Jerry – Jerry. <laughs> Jesse and Terry. Um, that's the combination of, of Jesse and Terry there, Jerry. Um you only, know, only one brother uh, continues on. Terry doesn't continue on. So we were talking last time, Jesse Smollett in that part of Terry, he doesn't even continue on in the second movie. Yeah. It's as if he doesn't even have that brother anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, you have to like wonder how that dynamic goes. Cause like in the first movie, one of the things I guess I forgot, you know, in both of these movies, it's like, where the heck are the parents? But <laughs> you know, you have Charlie's mom in the first movie. And then you also have Terry and Jesse's dad yeah. um, as kind of like these parental characters and you know like that dad and the brother are just gone in the second movie and it's a little surprising given it's like oh we're going to the world stage with (laughs) with this sort of thing but um yeah they left a lot a lot a lot of characters on the on the cutting board on that one and i was a little surprised by it but again like in looking up some of this stuff apparently even joshua jackson was almost on the um cutting room floor that the like second AD like really didn't like him and wanted to get rid of him and recast him. But they just kind of like decided at the last minute to keep him on. So I don't know. How can you get rid of Pacey? He's the best part. He's the I know. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny. Like it really like brought up the conversation in my house here again, because Ange was watching something that he was in recently. Um, I don't remember what, but I had watched all of fringe. Fringe Um, Fringe is a fabulous show. 
on large part because like you could look at a lot of those shows like that, like sort of X-Files type of shows, and they kind of live or die by like the writing and whatever. Honestly, Fringe is as awesome as it is because of the cast. Like yeah. the storylines at times are way out there, but that cast like was like, oh my God, like it just like held the whole thing together. I digress. Um, but <laughs> Mighty Ducks, um, shall we dive in on the first movie before we get way too lost on the sure. on the extra details? <laughs> so the first thing I thought was, it's got a long intro opening for, for a Disney movie. It's like, it takes a while to get going. And I'm like, this is a kid's movie. Kids are going to get bored just watching these opening title sequence of like this, you know, kid playing hockey. And, you know, obviously it tells the origin story of Gordon Bombay in the first, you know, five minutes of the movie. But it it goes on for a while. And I I was very surprised by that, that that they kind of leaned into that so heavily. And, you know, you you get to meet, you know, the coach of the Hawks and, and know that he's disappointed and like, he's kind of like lost respect for Gordon who kind of hangs up his skates. And then, you know, we're thrust into this courtroom where we meet, you know, adult Gordon Bombay, who's like this, you know, hotshot lawyer guy. I don't know. And he's kind of, um, you know, a jerk, you know, he's not a nice person, but, um, it's interesting that how they sort of did that. What do you think about the opening of this movie? I mean, I would just mirror what you said. Um, it, I kind of forgot that they did it the way that they did it. I did remember that there was like certain like flashback sort of sequences, um, you know, et cetera, that was done with it. But uh, it's, it's really different than I think, like you said, like how a lot of kids movies are, it's a little bit older school, you know, putting all the the credits front facing like that in the beginning. Um, I feel like these days we're very used to like diving right in on a movie. Then we get the whole credit roll at the end. Um, So it was a little different, a little bit interesting, you know? Um, But that said, uh, it really does, you know, especially like what you were saying before, like reach back home to the fact that this movie is largely about, Gordon Bombay. And I think that's, what's kind of shocking. Um, and when you get to the third movie is that, you he's, know, he's gone, he's not, he's gone yeah. <laughs> you know, like he has like a little tiny role in it. And, you know, there's some like debate back and forth on like that. The reason he's not in it more and maybe the way it ended up, it was, was because like, essentially he decided he was kind of above these movies and didn't want to, you know, continue doing them at that point. Um, but he has his little like cameo or whatever at a point in it. But I, I think as you sort of said before, I don't mean to like bang like, you know, this drum over and over, but I think what makes this movie successful is the ensemble cast of the team, but also what's going on with Gordon and his character arc and how he kind of goes from a heel into like a hero sort of role. Um, And then funny enough, in the second movie, he sort of like loses his way again and then has to find his way back, you know? So, I mean, I think it's kind of like an interesting – character arc and, and how they handled that what's sort of funny like you know obviously as a kid you're rooting for the ducks to win and everything but like to me watching this movie i didn't care about their story as much as i wanted to see him feel like he you know tr- triumphed over like this kind of loss that he had as a kid which i thought was kind of interesting but what i found sort of funny about it where you know so he's touting that he's you know 30 and 0 in the courtroom and he's like this big shot 30 and one <laughs> 30 and sorry 30 and one yes he got corrected by i think one of the yeah, paralegals yeah, yeah. and you know 
He's driving home in the snow in this like fancy Corvette and it's like a blizzard and he's just drinking. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is a Disney movie. This guy's <laughs> drinking and driving. Like, what's going on here? What's happening? And, you know, he gets pulled over because he's all over the road because he's in a Corvette in a snowstorm because that's a problem to begin without drinking. And, you know, he gets gets to court and he's like, oh, he's had 12 moving violations in three years. And, you know, he's sort of, you know, gets, you know, thrown the book at him if in a way like he loses, you know, the ability to drive and whatever. And he's got to do all kinds of they, they're going to go after him because the same attorney that he's beat in the in the trial <laughs> movies now the guy that's like the public defender or like the you know the the uh da let's say that's that's in the courtroom so now i i wanted to point at this one so right after that there's a scene where he's i guess he's in his office and um mr ducksworth the head of the firm comes in and he's like oh i'm gonna beat this we're gonna you know this is uh, ridiculous yada 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 he's like reviewing court books and, and law books and so on and so forth and you know Ducksworth has this whole thing like no you're not you're going to do community service and this is what you're going to do you're going to coach our team yada 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 and uh, you know but then I'm just sitting there I'm, I'm kind of watching it and I'm like wow like for a Disney movie where they could have just shot this sort of flat and just simple and you know they really thought about like, the cinematography of this scene because it's a room full of like glass windows and they framed it really nice and everyone's lit really well and i'm like wow this is interesting like cinematography for you know a 90s era disney movie where they really didn't care about that kind of stuff you know yeah i mean again i think this was like a michael eisner thing that he was into hockey so when they got you know stuck this in front of him that they wanted to go ahead with it but like it's funny i was really thinking to myself the other day and you and i have sort of mentioned this before in the show that like the 90s was really chock full of sports movies in general but particularly a lot of like kids sports movies Mm -hmm. But a lot of them really feature like kind of, you know, like decent production values. It's not like done as cheaply as one might imagine it would be. Um, And this is no exception. I mean, they really kind of took this silly kids hockey movie pretty seriously, which I know, you know, like Disney money is Disney money whenever you have it. You know, they don't like to put out something that's, you know, subpar, I guess. But um, no, I think they did a really nice job um, with this movie throughout. Um, on kind of all fronts. Speaking of that, you know, in '93, what we have coming up in a in a kids sports movie, Rookie of the Year. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing, right? So I was watching um, this, and like I said, I watched D two, and I was a little surprised when D two came on. Isn't Channing Tatum in it? Or something? Well, in in this, well, I mean, maybe, but in at least in the second movie, one of the characters that they bring in, who's like the speed character, mm-hmm. Luis, is played by Mike Vitar, who is also another big deal character that you'll know as Benny the Jet Rodriguez from <laughs> Sandlot, which is also next year. So uh, you know, like uh, he actually, like I was like, whoa! I was like, that's Benny the Jet, and I was like, that. <laughs> ironically, this kid plays two characters that, like, their whole thing is just going really fast. You know, gee, and he's Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit stereotyping <laughs> there. Whoops! Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> 93 is gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyway i digress but you know so we find out that he's got to now coach this you know peewee hockey league and my first thought was 
when I was a kid and I was watching this, I'm like, why is he getting, wow, this guy must be really rich. He's getting driven around in a limo to go to this <laughs> hockey practice. And then I realized, wait a minute. No, his license is probably suspended because he's <laughs> pulled over for drunk driving. Like, you know, 10-year-old me would have never thought that. Now, 40 years well, Here's like, a oh. funny note on the uh, 10-year-olds and, and limos because I don't know how you feel about limos, but, like, I feel like limos sort of feel like old hat to me now. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when we were young and in the 90s, you see a limo, you're like, whoa. You're like kind of the same reaction they had. Like, oh, well, somebody's rich sort of thing. Because you also had on the back of that was that, like, the V thing for the TV antenna. You're like, they got a TV in that thing. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> but I was like a little surprised, but like even Zoe has been asking me a lot lately, like, Oh my God, limos mean like, you know, like it's like really rich. And like, those are really amazing. I'm like, you can rent a limo. It's like not that expensive, you know, sort of thing. And I was just, I thought it was so funny. Cause she has like exactly the same perspective as the kids. and like kind of apparently, I guess the same as like you were feeling uh, on that. So yeah, very kind of uh, interesting. <laughs> so, you know, we, we meet the four, like, main kids on the team, and they're, you know, they did this funny thing, which it's it's really kind of hilarious how they do this whole thing. And, and, and like, this is where the, the story goes. And we're probably about 20 minutes into the movie, and now we get to the first kid element of the movie, and they put, you know, dog duty in, in a pocketbook, and somebody steals it. And then, you know, they reach in, he freaks out. And they have this whole chase sequence that's done, like, in high speed, almost like like Benny Hill style. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think they even use that that song, which is, like, in Home Alone and, like, so many movies around the time. Like, a <laughs> you know, I don't know what, what the song is, but it's, like, in half those movies around that era when they're doing something like Running Away or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, wow, we're back into a kid's movie now. Like, for the first time, we're actually in it. Because otherwise, this is, like, you know a semi-serious movie and now we're into this whole you know kids movie and i thought it was kind of funny that it took so long to actually get to the first kid element because we don't see a single kid for 20 minutes in this movie and um that was kind of clever and, and like surprising to me so now we get to the you know ice skating rink which happens to be on a lake and they drive the limo on the lake because you know you do that and, and again it's it's elevate, elevating this whole like gordon bombay is kind of a smug jerk and uh you know he's douchey and sort of like pompous and arrogant yeah, he's very full of himself yeah, yeah for sure and and so the kids take the idea of this limo and and they you know climb on top of it and they're like getting into it and they're you know ca- causing all kinds of mayhem and you know Charlie's mom shows up for the first time and she rips Charlie out of the car and, you know, the practice is over and, you know, she yells at Gordon and so on. Now, the thing about what do you think about? Let's let's take a minute and let's look at these characters. Right. So we've met the whole team now. We've met Gordon. We've met the bus driver. We've met. Well, Gordon. not the whole team. We have some some additions. Oh, yeah, we do. We, <laughs> we do get some more down the line. But like. The, the meat and, meat and potatoes of the team, first of all, you know, we've kind of talked about how Gordon is. You know, the bus driver, he's in this movie throughout the entire thing. But after, like, the first scene that he's in, he doesn't really say anything the rest of the movie. He's just sort of there. <laughs> like, he's Yeah, just- he has, like, that, like, one, 
or two ish lines there. And then, yeah. And the funny part too, is I turn to like Andrew or somebody and I'm like, Oh, he's an actor. He's somebody, but I still, I should still look it up. I feel like I couldn't place who he was. He might just look like somebody yeah. I'm thinking of, but yeah, I don't know. It's not like uh, meatloaf driving the bus in uh, spice world or something. Right. <laughs> and um, that's a weird reference. There's a random poll. <laughs> really random. Pull. So, you know, we meet Charlie's mom and, you know, she has this huge overreaction. Well, not really. I mean, she's a parent. I get it now. But um, I feel like they didn't dive deeper into her story. Like, again, it's a kid's movie, so they don't, you know, they don't have time to do all that kind of stuff. But, like, there's more to her story. There's more to the limo driver's story that they just, it feels like they either got, got cut out of the movie or was in rewrites just kind of written out of the story because we don't care about their characters. But it feels like there's more to the, their stories because why would the limo driver later on be in the, you know, the bench? Yeah, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, we, we meet a lot of the characters and, and we, we meet um, we meet like characters like Averman who does his best like Rob Schneider impressions and all that kind of stuff. And one of the funny things that we find out is Gordon asks what happened to the old coach. And they're like, oh, he had something with his arm and he grabbed his arm and he collapsed. And they're like, oh, and, oh, he had a heart attack. <laughs> he had a heart attack with these kids. But they don't seem like they're that bad that it would cause a heart attack. Like, they're not the bad news bears, you know? Yeah, although funny enough, um, this movie is, it, it certainly echoes bad news bears, but it's it's quasi-inspired uh, by bad news bears, apparently. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um I mean, again, like, you know, like jiving through all the sort of like entry and, and beginning sort of fodder that's going on with this sort of thing. Uh, you know, I just think it's like interesting, like they we get this team that's like, like we sort of said in the last episode, wrong side of the tracks, kind of like the, egg, the, egg the kids it. that don't have like, you know, the equipment and all this sort of thing. Um so now it's like his whole thing that he's going to start like bringing them together. What I think is an interesting transition is he goes from somebody who basically says like, I hate hockey. I hate kids fairly quickly, like starts to overnight, be, like befriend them. And like, you know, like all the hockey stuff comes back. And we realize part of the reason for that is we find out that Gordon Bombay was a hawk when he was a kid mm-hmm. and the kids find this out and it kind of causes like a little bit of like, you know, disruption for them in the early portions of it there. <laughs> well, like the first game that he actually coaches, it's against the Hawks. And it's this whole sort of interaction with, you know, the evil old coach who he played Perry White, right? In um, Yes. What, was it Lowe's and Clark or was yep. it? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, Lane Smith. Yeah, he played um, Perry White. Yeah. Like, I don't like seeing mean Perry White. <laughs> exactly yeah he's a funny he's a funny actor because he can play like both like a good guy and a bad guy without really having to do too much differently like his bad guy is kind of subtle you know what i mean like and that's kind of like how he is in this like he doesn't need to be like really arch or ridiculous he's kind of just like i mean it's kind of like a lot of like uh microaggressions and Mm -hmm. and sort of passive aggressiveness and you know uh, a couple of just like you failed for me, you know, son, or something sort of, sort of thing. I don't know how he's still coaching. I mean, like, it, that's one of the funny things about the Hawks and um, later in, in uh, D2, like the Iceland team, that they're just sort of like an arch and evil group of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very one-dimensional. Like, 
you would think inherently like that wouldn't be necessarily the case, but I don't know. Kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because like obviously they got they got to play that kid element, and and there's only so much time. That, I mean, I will say, other than twenty minutes in the movie where the movie is like getting itself going, once we meet the team, the movie flies by. Like it really goes by quick, and. I found that kind of surprising. They didn't take a lot of time to do certain things. Like you said, you know, they lose their first game against the Hawks, but we find out that they've lost like nine or 10 games in the season so far. And this was sort of like plot hole. Number one, that kind of bothered me was we find out that the bottom two teams don't make the playoffs. So if they've lost nine games and I was keeping a tally throughout as as this goes, and I'll I'll talk about it later on. But I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out how they even made the playoffs in this, for this team because it was it, there's a little bit of a couple of question marks there. But really and truly, what it what it takes is Gordon goes to see Hans, and you know he comes in the back door and he kind of goes into his little hockey you know pro shop sort of thing, and. My first thought was, right, so Gordon comes into the back of the pro shop and Hans knew it was him right away, right? He knew because he always comes in the back door. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hi-oh! That's what she said. Um, So here's the funny thing. Like, I, I rewound it. Well, you know, scrubbed back a little bit, like, you know, and I'm looking. And the path that Gordon walks... Must have been walked on like 700 times. There's all these footprints in the snow. And I'm like, if Gordon's the only one that comes in this way, like they must have done a lot of takes of him just walking yeah, right. down the snow. I was like, well, no one will notice. Moving on. Nice. No one rewind this stuff. So here you go. Um, but like, you know, we learn a little bit more about Gordon from this pro shop and we see like, you know, his accolades and newspaper clippings and so on. And, we find a lot about this and in a lot of ways Hans is his surrogate father figure because his real father passed away not long after they lost the game in the championship when he was a hawk and he's sh- sharpening blades and he ends up giving the blades to Emilio or Gordon and says here these are for you I made them for you and you know it's this nice little moment but really and truly Hans doesn't really say much more in the rest of the movie. Like I thought he had such a bigger part in the movie, but he really doesn't. Like, yeah. He's sort of like, I mean, there's so, so many movies that have this like exact character. He's like, like the angel on your shoulder. That's there to like help you get to where you need to be. But past that, like he doesn't really have a lot to do like in the middle, you know, <laughs> he also, I have to say, scores himself a really big deal when <laughs> like we're maybe skipping a little bit ahead here. But essentially, like when Gordon makes the deal with Ducksworth to get them all the equipment and like he's ringing it all up and it comes to like seven or nine thousand dollars or something. And I'm just like, man, that's a little bit of like insider sort of thing. They went right to Hans with that, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. There's a couple of things that I thought were very interesting in this scene, other than the, the skates and kind of like learning about Gordon is the first thing that Hans kind of asked Gordon is, do you like being a lawyer? And then Gordon replies, I hardly ever lose a case. And Hans replies, that's not what I asked. And 
I love that statement because it's so true. Like people will say like, oh, how's your job? Oh, you know, uh, I, I just got a promotion. That doesn't mean you like your job. You yeah. just got a promotion. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean you want to be there. Like, it doesn't say that it makes you happy. And I find that very interesting. And then the next thing that we kind of learn right after that is that the season that Gordon lost in the championship, he scored 198 goals. And if you flash back, if you just think about the beginning of the movie, Gordon looked like he was about nine or ten years old. <laughs> and I'm like, for a nine or ten year old in peewee hockey to score almost 200 goals <laughs> in what seems like about 14 games, that's a lot of goals. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I mean, if you – I don't know how many games you play in a season in peewee hockey – um, it's not 80 like you would in the pros. Let's just say it's 20 games. That's almost 10 goals per game for all those 20 games. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's quite something. I mean, I guess it's not impossible. Um, you know, like if you're on the Hawks and the Hawks are like that best team in the league and like there's no Gordon Ball magic to bring, you know, a great team together and everybody's just constantly losing to them. Yeah, maybe, you know, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it, it, it does seem like a, like a weird out of the blue number, um, versus like maybe somebody in the NHL who's like playing, you know, maybe like a hundred games in a season. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, you're a bigger hockey fan than me. Like Gretzky's got the most goals ever and i don't think he scored 192 98 goals in in a season (laughs) yeah i don't know if anybody scores that in a season like i can't really intelligently say because i'm not like i like hockey but i'm not like much of a stats person funny enough when it comes to any kind of sports but i don't know it just uh it seems kind of (laughs) outlandish so okay just for argument's sake uh, gretzky scored a uh, one uh, uh, is it uh, is GP or uh, let's say I think goals is eight hundred and ninety four goals in like a twenty year career. <laughs> like, that might be fifty goals a season, or maybe a, maybe sixty or so, give or take. But I'm like a hundred and ninety. Now, it may be harder to score in NHL versus you know, um, yeah, but little but if, kids hockey. But it does seem a little. But if you if you're a kid at ten years old scoring 198 goals and you just missed the one of the, there's no way someone didn't scout you and say, you know what, this kid, he made one bad goal, like he, yeah. he's got a career here. I don't know, but anyway, we go off. <laughs> um, but it is like so. Like the point that you get there is kind of funny, and you sort of have this in your notes, and I'll I'll jump off on it. Which is like you have a kid that's playing that well that much and all right, he blows that one final goal like at the end of the season. Somehow the Hawks lose. Yeah. Seems unlikely, but based off that one goal and, and I guess like a shootout or whatever, they lose. And then he just leaves hockey forever because forever. of that. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like it would make any sense. Like, I don't know who Gordon Bombay's parents are, but you would think they would be like, Gordon, you know what? This was a bad day. Let's stick with it. We've put all these hours in. You scored 198 goals this year. You have a good chance to make it to the NHL. Like, don't let that one thing get you down. <laughs> exactly. So now, you know, Gordon has this whole, like, moment of self-realization and i'm not really sure why he chooses to go to to charlie's house 
but he chooses Charlie. Like, Charlie's not really the <laughs> captain of the team. He's not even, like, the best player on the team. He's just sort of the kid that we meet the mom. That's about it. That's that's all we know of him so far. Which, here's another thing I'm going to bring up, because obviously it starts going on a little bit into this movie that him and his mother start forming this little bit of a relationship. And it's kind of a nuanced mm-hmm. relationship for a movie like this. It's, it's not just, like, immediately, like, they're together. Like, she's questioning, like, look – this has happened before. Like Charlie gets very attached to people. You know, mm. I've not been with my husband for a long time, this whole sort of thing. And like, they make this whole point of hammering that, hammering that, hammering that. And then you get to D2 and his mom is gone. nowhere gone. And now he's on to like the Iceland. Lake. <laughs> and it's just like, what the heck? Like what happened to that relationship? I mean, I guess it obviously didn't work out, but that's not like what you were left feeling like at the end of, you know, the first movie or whatever sort of seemed like they were maybe on their way to starting a little something, but I yeah, don't know. They, they really lumped you over the head with like, these two are, you know, right for each other, yada, yada, yada. And then I actually looked it up and I was like, yeah, she's not in the second one at all. Like she, and she only has a small little cameo in the third as well. Yeah. And you know, that's it. And she doesn't have a lot of movie credits to her name to begin with, which I found very surprising as well. But yeah, like they really. Well, that's the case with a lot of people in this movie, surprisingly. And I'm not going to go down a list or anything like that. But I, as I was looking through some of the actors and actresses in this movie, like Benny the Jet, mm-hmm. um, that's a person. And I said this to Ange, I was a little surprised by it that, like, did a handful of movies, like these two being probably the most prominent ones that he did, went on to become a firefighter and then got in a lot of trouble a la like the George Floyd thing for like like sitting on some dude's neck. The guy didn't die, but like he was like a completely innocent guy who was handing out like candy to kids on Halloween, speaking of the event here, and like got himself into trouble with that. And I'm just like, all right, well, there's a career choice. You could have kept being Benny the Jet. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Wow, that's weird. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So. Sorry for that tangent. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's just surprising. It's interesting. It's just like, I don't know if you saw like a couple of years ago, I think it was maybe the 25th anniversary. They did like a kind yeah, of they, like what we had with Hook where they had like, where are they now? And they got together like some of the cast. Yeah. They, they just photo together everybody recently, actually. Like, and there's I'm people glad. that have gone on to keep acting like Marguerite Moreau um, and what's his face that plays uh, Fulton. Uh, Eldon Henson, yeah. who is foggy and, Nelson, baby. and he's in um, the Hunger Games movies and a bunch of things like that. So there's people that it's have Joshua gone Jackson. on to continue. Yeah, well, obviously, that's the obvious one there. Um, but it just kind of did strike me a little funny that some of these folks really kind of didn't get anywhere on the note with Fulton Reed, Fulton Reed is recruited at some point near this in the film. Um, the kids kind of know him. Uh, he sort of is like a loner and a rebel and he's breaks the window in, in Gordon's van with a, uh, a hard slap shot. And this starts off like a trend that will continue through the rest of this movie and D2 and maybe D3, which is sort of like these like gimmicky things. Like you have like his hard slap shot hit, you have the flying V, you have the knuckle puck, you know, yeah. you got like all these sort of like random things like that, that they keep adding in over time that, that become little gimmicks for them. Uh, but while we're talking actors and, and random facts, so Eldon Henson, and then if you keep looking down, you'll find somebody else in the cast whose name is Garrett Ratcliffe Henson, who plays Guy Germain. The two of them are brothers. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Go figure. And actually, they made 
Eldon change his hair color to that brown color that it is in the movie because they thought that they looked too alike while he still had his blonde hair. So they tried oh. to make them look different. So now if you look at the two of them side by side, you're like, oh, yeah, I can totally see that they have yeah. like the same facial features and everything. So funny fact. There you go. <laughs> that is pretty. So you, you mentioned we meet Fulton Reed. We also meet two other people in the movie who are a brother sister figure skating duo yeah. <laughs> and one of them has also to be- mysteriously absent in d2 i'm assuming their family moved away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like you know one of them happens to be from pete and pete one of the Pete's. that's right yep <laughs> he had no tattoo of petunia though on his arm unfortunately but and they brought tammy in and the brother came along essentially because like she was like a like doing like figure skating um, I thought they could utilize that somehow. <laughs> so here's another fun fact for you, and maybe not surprising, but um, most of the actors, the children actors in this movie, when they were being cast, said, oh, yeah, 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 like, I'm an excellent skater. I can skate. I can play hockey, all this. And, good. and go figure, like, most of them couldn't do either. So they had to be trained to do it. Um, and actually, for D2 and D3, they ended up holding, like, proper trials beforehand before they pick people because they sort of learn their lesson off the first movie but her in particular she's supposed to be like this like super talented figure skater and she basically couldn't skate so like most of the time that you see her skating or performing it's a stunt double yeah <laughs> no kidding yeah <laughs> i mean she she has maybe one line in the whole movie so it yeah, makes Tammy sense and tommy yeah <laughs> that's funny so you know and then they even you know so we, we meet them, we meet Fulton, and Fulton says, you know, he can't skate, that's why he doesn't play hockey. There was this whole, like, myth that, like, oh, he's got, you know, deals with, you know, college football teams to play football. But again, I'm like, he's like 13 years old, maybe. <laughs> you know, he's already getting recruited, recruited by football teams? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll, I, yeah. I'll, <laughs> so now they decide they want to go teach him how to skate. So what they do is they go get rollerblades and they invade... I guess it was the Mall of America where they skated it. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, and they do the same thing again in the second movie, sort of skating through a mall. Yeah. Um, and, and what's funny is like one of the things I forgot about, and I remember the scene where like they put like the poop in the bag and the guy came out and stepped <laughs> on it. Don't stamp it out with your boots, Ted, you know, sort of thing. Um, but uh, they are kind of mischievous kids. Like they kind of like – knock stuff over and like steal people's hats and like things like that as they're skating and like you just kind of hear people like in the mall like oh you kids you know <laughs> like like kind of mad at them or whatever i don't know sort of a little surprising um but i guess they wanted to like feature that maybe they got like a sponsor to to sort of show off that mall or something like that <laughs> i also think maybe it was a sponsor made from like rollerblade to feature rollerblades in the movie. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it, it, a lot of people used to rollerblade in, in the nineties. It's like fallen by the wayside and become a thing that became like a lot more made fun of once. Like, um, like I would say around like sixth grade for us, uh, is when like the, um, the like roller what would you call it? like the double sided skateboards. Like, I, I don't know what you would call it. Cause like previous to that, I feel like it only had like the kick on the backside yeah. and, they had, and like that became like a really big and popular thing for at least my area when I was around like fifth and sixth grade. Um, and kind of as that took off, it became like uncool to, to rollerblade, roller yeah. you know, like, but I stuck with the rollerblades cause I was terrible at, at, uh, skating, skateboarding. Yeah, <laughs> or at least I felt like 
when I was trying to like use it to like not do anything but an ollie, like to try and travel down the sidewalk, like the little tiny trick wheels that were on those things, you'd hit like a bump in the sidewalk yes. and either go flying or like I could not get a lot more effort it. to get where you were going than you were with the skates. So no, I, I was always a uh, a rollerblader, which was certainly helpful for street hockey. So. There you go. <laughs> so now we've sort of assembled the team, but but you know Gordon goes through Ducksworth and says, "Hey, listen, I I need fifteen grand." to buy the new equipment, get the new uniforms, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, we'll name the team after you and, you know, we'll get you your own jersey. And he kind of like, that's what sells it. It's, yeah, it's the jersey that sells it is the funniest thing. Like, I, I was so cracking up because Ducksworth is such a weird character. He starts the movie off almost like this, like, benefactor sort of guy, like, Gordon, you're working too much. I need right. you to go like, and focus like, like on the yourself. Like a good guy. Like he seems like, yeah. like a he, mentor. Like, he's like, he wants him to like go and focus on himself and focus on helping the community and all this. And then like later in the movie, he becomes like a villain. He's yeah. just like, like, no, I don't want to give you that money to help those kids whose team I made you go coach and that is named <laughs> after you. You know, and like, <laughs> it's just like, there's that. And then like they try and make the deal with banks later on and like they're trying to like do all this insider trading sort of thing on that. I'm just like, Wow, he became evil. <laughs> like, out of nowhere, too. Like, clear out of nowhere. It's so strange. But, um, <laughs> so they, they get all their uniforms, and, you know, they get the, the the gear, and they learn how to play hockey, they learn how to skate, they learn how to, you know, pass the puck by passing, you know, eggs, and uh, there's, there's a whole funny montage sequence where, like, you know, Gordon gets hit by an egg, and, you know, they just it's, it's a funny little scene, but it's, like, basically... They learn how to play hockey in a matter of maybe three days or so. Well, and again, like through all this like goofy stuff, and they, I think they pointed out a couple times from some of the other teams' perspective in the first movie, but in the second movie, they really start being like, "What the heck are they doing?" You know, <laughs> sort of thing. With some, like they're playing with like like the beach balls, and like yeah. the Iceland coach comes and pops it, and all this sort of thing. Um, but. It is funny because it's like instead of just like good – I mean like you get where he's going with it. Like it's actually a good practice thing with the eggs with like catching the puck, you know, softly and things like that. But like you wouldn't get that much better that quickly via like that one exercise right. sort of thing. And given he does a couple of these like weird little goofy sort of exercises in that same fashion. But I don't know. It's it's kind of silly. <laughs> so So here's where things get really off the rails for me a little bit. And listen – I love this movie. I'm not dumping on this movie. I don't dislike this movie. But story-wise, this is where it goes off the rails. We learn that they've lost 11 games and they have one tie. That's it. Yeah. 11 losses. So we're up to 12. One tie, right? <laughs> and this is when we find out that the last two teams don't make the playoffs. So, okay. If they've already lost 11 games, they have one tie, no wins. And they basically only get one, maybe two wins going forward. And now they're in the playoffs magically. <laughs> so here's where I ask a question to myself, right? How did this team that was this bad two years later is in the Olympics? Yeah. Well, I mean, forgetting that, like even this same year, how the heck did they make it to the finals? Because – because we literally see one playoff game. 11 games that they've got done, and yeah, they've got like a tie and they've lost the other ones, whatever. And they have like a handful where they start like winning against some of the other teams. But again, let's just pretend, because it's peewee hockey, let's just pretend that um, 
you know, like 20 games is like their entire season, right. like soup to nuts. Like <laughs> all these other teams like had to have like so many losses as well that it just doesn't add up to how they would get to there. Right. So there's a little bit of like creative math going on in this movie as far as them like making it to the end. Because if you remember, I don't know if you played any like youth mm-hmm. sports like that. It's not like adult sports where it's like you have like a series of playoff games and then you make it to the finals. It's like basically you play enough games that when you get to the end of the season, like depending on how you know everybody's doing it's just like that's it it's gonna be over or it's not you know there's no playoffs there's no championships there's none of that stuff in in, at least in little league for me there wasn't and maybe maybe when we were like a little bit older maybe like fifth sixth grade there was they started doing that stuff right before you went to like um like middle school sports but like I'm sitting there and I'm like, they they may they may have five wins. Let's just say five wins, right? But we get into the playoffs, we see I think one playoff game, and then they're in the championship. But if they've if there's gotta be fifteen teams in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how many. I mean, they're what division D five was their D5. number. Yeah. So there's at least five teams at yeah. a minimum. You know? And if they're not the worst, there's yeah. <laughs> so it's just I don't I don't understand. I'm just I'm confused by the math, uh, and it's a little little confusing to me. And I'm I, I just you know again, it's a kids movie. I'm I'm not going to let it bother me. But I'm just sitting there. I'm like I don't know how they made it to the playoffs, then to the championships, then they make it to the Olympics. <laughs> This team, this team yeah. is, this can't be the best team in the whole United States. I can't, I just don't buy it. Well, it's like, it's like that pitch meeting on YouTube. <laughs> like they ask this all the time. Like, does that make any sense? Like, how did they get to that? It's like, well, the story needs it to be that. It's like, oh, okay. Exactly. So speaking of that, you know, you know, we get this, uh, the as you said, the ducks over here and like trash talking the team and says, oh, they're a bunch of losers. They suck. Yada yada yada. Now they forfeit a game. So they've got twelve losses now. So I'm like, where is this going? Yeah. How do they make the playoffs? I don't. I don't understand it. And then the so, other teams all got COVID. It was just them and the Hawks left. It had to have been. They just they, they all got like you know dysentery or something. I don't know. Yeah. They just couldn't play. Um, so now you know magically charlie like really like there's like a secret hidden movie behind this movie where like hans <laughs> sweet little old man that runs the ice hockey shops sharpening skates like goes around and like murders all the other teams so <laughs> yes. the ducks can make it to the finals <laughs> <laughs> he's he's working behind the scenes yeah <laughs> He's he's selling them all broken skates and they're all like rolling ankles and, and tearing ACLs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. So now miraculously, Charlie and, and Gordon are at a diner together after the team kind of like blows them off and says, Oh, you you screwed us, you don't you don't believe in us, and they and they forfeit the game, right? And again, like somehow Charlie, who's not the captain of the team, he's not even the most popular person in the team. He somehow rallies them up, you know, because the next scene, the entire class, the entire class is the exact people on yeah. the hockey team. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is that possible? They're not the same ages. Yeah. How is this working? It's like it would have made more sense if they started it in detention as opposed to. 
they all go to detention because yeah. of the fact that, like, <laughs> how are all these people in this clan? They shouldn't be here. It doesn't make sense. But and basically, didn't they go to detention because they were quacking? Yes, they were quacking. Yeah, the they like, you know, they, they got sent to a detention for quacking at the principal <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and somehow Gordon gets them out of detention. I'm like, I, I don't know how. Sure, sure, no problem. Why not? So we then, you know, conveniently find out that the best player on the Hawks, this kid uh, named what's, what's, Banks is his last name. What's his first name? I don't remember. Adam. Adam Banks, right. Who, you know, is the best player in the hockey league and yada, 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 but just happens to be, you know, the, the lines were redrawn and he doesn't really belong on the Hawks. He belongs. Just that one kid was in that little like pocket. This one little kid in this one little blurb, nobody else in the other rest of the league has to move their teams around except for this one kid. It's very convenient, whatever. But this is where we, where we find that Ducksworth and Banks's dad and the coach of the Hawks are conspiring together and I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, but you want this team to do good. You want to get the best player. Why are you sabotaging your own team? <laughs> oh, well, you know, the Banks is a, a client of the firm or whatever. I'm like, sure he is. Because this is the only law firm in all of like, Minnesota. <laughs> it's like, okay, sure. Of course it is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and that scene is, it, it's kind of throwaway. And, you know, I think he, Gordon was like, oh, you don't deserve this Ducks jersey that he's got framed. And he's like, he's had it for like three days. How did he get it framed already? How did he get it framed that quick? I don't know. Sure. Um, so Ducksworth and Banks try to bribe the league. And I don't know. It's a whole conspiracy of peewee hockey that just is over the top. And I think no kid would ever get it. Now as an adult, I'm sitting there and I'm like, sure, sure. This is what happens. And... <laughs> And it gets to a point where Gordon chooses the team over the law firm and Ducksworth fires Gordon as an attorney. (laughs) I'm like, but this guy wins and makes you a ton of money. You'd fire him over this stupid peewee hockey league. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, why? I don't get it. You know, and what's weird about that whole thing, right? And I'm only saying this now because – Fast forward 30 years later when we get that, you know, Mighty Ducks game changers thing and Gordon is the manager of a hockey rink. I'm like, he's a lawyer. Why yeah. He's not practicing law now. Like he's retired from hockey. He's retired. From yeah. It's, it's like he uh, he got kicked out of that one firm. And so now he's like he's disbarred. disbarred or something. <laughs> I'm like, how is that? Possible? Especially because when you get to game changers, he's back to hating hockey again. Yes. <laughs> it owns a rink and manages yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why wouldn't he be practicing law again? I don't get it. Like, go full circle. It doesn't, I don't understand. You know, it doesn't make any sense. So now we get this. Um, we're in the locker room, I think, or some something happens. And Banks shows up and the whole team sort of like hazes him and heckles him. And, you know, they don't they don't want this hawk on their team. And I'm like. Really? I mean, I, I get it. That that was a thing that kids would do back then. Yes, for sure. Cake eater. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that reference at all. I, I, yeah, you know what? Um, when I was a kid, I had no idea what cake eater was. And so then I waited years and years and years until this thing called the internet came along. You Googled it. And I Googled it. 
And I still don't really know what cake eater means, except to say it sounds like it's almost a takeoff of like, let them eat cake from like Marie Antoinette, you know, like sort of like, it's almost like he's calling him like just like a rich kid or something, I guess. Um, but what a weird insult, you know, like, yeah. I don't remember anybody saying that ever. <laughs> it's one of those things where I feel like that the movie wanted it to catch on. Yeah. And it didn't like, yeah. it's just one of those like, oh Yeah. Instead of saying someone's like a shithead, let's say, yeah. you know, you're a cake eater now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'll, that'll show them. Yeah. It's like when they take like a curse and they try to come up with like a creative version of it for like a clean cut movie on like an afternoon movie. It's like, you know, he probably said something much worse. You're than a like, duty burger. You're a cake eater, man. Do you know, like, just <laughs> like sub in a word. Yippee Mr. Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a la Die Hard 2, guys. Yes, it's, yes. Good poll. <laughs> so, um, you know, now we, we get a win and Fulton wins the game and blows the hockey puck through the back of the net because this kid hits so hard, it does that. Yeah. And I'm like, sure, Disney, fine. But I'm like, no one could do that. What's funny, and I, this is the problem with watching both of them back to back. I don't remember if it was in the first movie or the second movie, but one of the kids on their team at one point takes, I think it's the first movie, takes a puck to the head. Because it's one of the kids yeah. that doesn't continue on to the second movie. That's how I know it. Yeah, one of And the it puts like a major, major, major dent in his helmet. And it's yeah. like, was that Fulton that hit that? Like, who hit that that hard? Yeah, uh- <laughs> Carp gets what I Carp, think, yes. I said he definitely got a concussion in this movie, and they that's don't, right. Yeah, they, they play nothing into it. It's yeah, like, maybe that's why he's not in the second movie. Yeah. He might not have made it. <laughs> they do this reference where it's like, okay, how many fingers we hold it up? It's like he wouldn't know that anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so okay, Fulton wins a game, and you know we we get to you know. This, like I said, this whole element of the bus drivers there, and they're cheering, they made the playoffs. Yeah, hooray! <laughs> and this is where I'm starting to like dissect them. I'm like, okay, the, the bus driver's there all the time, or the, the limo driver. Hans is barely in the movie again. He's just gone at this point. After they get the uniforms, he's gone. Like, it's just, he served his purpose in two and a half scenes, and he's gone. So now, you know, again, we're, we're, we're shoehorning in this romance between Charlie's mom and Gordon Bombay, and they go to this winter festival, and they have this very forced, almost inorganic dialogue of romance, and you know the whole thing about like, oh, you know, Charlie is really attached, but as you were saying, and yeah, you yeah. know, but they they shoehorn in a relationship, and it's fine, it's throwaway, but it's fine, whatever. I I, I don't get you know too. Too bent out of shape out of, out of it, but like, you know, uh, and then I started asking, like, why is Charlie's mom not in two? Like, why does the relationship dissolve? Which it seemed like, yeah, I'm really curious, like, if they couldn't get the actress back or if they wanted to just, like, put the thing in with the woman from Iceland, um, which, fun fact, she's the only person on that entire team actress from Iceland. <laughs> Everybody else, American. <laughs> of course. All of those accents had to be learned. Um, and as a matter of fact, um, the kid who plays what's his name, Gunther, 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 something like that, was supposed to be um, like the role of like that second Bash brother, mm-hmm. but he didn't get that role, so he got the Gunther role uh, instead. But he's from California, oh. so he doesn't have an Icelandic accent at all. <laughs> no, for sure. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know why they took such a deep dive. I guess like there was a lot of movies at this point where if, like they feel like they can't do it if like they don't have a romance, like some sort of romantic thing going on. I don't know. It seems kind of weird, but, but again, th- this kind of takes away from the story of the ducks and more sort of reflects on the story of Gordon Bombay. Like this is really his journey. It's not the duck's journey. It's, it's Gordon's journey to, where he ends up at the end of the movie. So, you know, I'm going to bring up a fun fact here and then I'm going to go off on a tangent. So fair warning. Go so for it. fun fact. Um, and I've seen varying statements on the actual temperature when they were filming this scene, but needless to say, it was extremely cold in St. Paul when they were filming this scene so much so that when they do have the kiss, they actually got stuck together and the yes. people had to bring in hot water yes. to release them. Yes. A little fun fact about the movie. Now, I'm going to use that as a segue to a completely off the point thing, but just something in movie news I've seen recently. This makes me think of the scene in A Christmas Story when the tongue gets stuck to the pole. And that makes me think of, have you seen that they're going to release a sequel to Christmas story. Yes. I have no interest. In it. No, no interest. <laughs> it's like, why? You why know, like, I just don't really understand the reasoning behind this. It's like money, <laughs> I guess, but oh, man, it's like so far removed. And I guess now the kid all grown up is going to be the parent in it, but he's not going to sound like, like he Ralphie. did, you yeah. know, like uh, that were you. So it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know why they're doing it. I wish they wouldn't. I digress back to the mighty ducks. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. You're, you're entitled to your segues. Um, so, you know, again, like I said, I don't understand how the ducks made the playoffs with essentially one win and a tie that we actually saw. We don't see any other wins at all. And, and that's sort of confusing. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go back to that same thing again because the story requires it. (laughs) It's like you're willing to gloss over certain facts like a bunch of kids that are terrible wouldn't get better like that that fast and that, you know, they wouldn't just immediately be in the playoffs. I mean, it's all a little silly. But but if you look at it like this, like think of it this way. Think of movies like Major League or Rookie of the Year or something like that. Like they actually showcase them winning you know consecutively to make the pennant and and whatever like they they actually showcase that this movie they kind of gloss over that and say okay like you said the movie requires them to go to the championship they have to get there by any means necessary so they got a win and a half they're in the their playoffs great there's a there's a team that has no wins so then that's how they that's how they justify yeah. it. but so then I started to notice something in this movie that nine plays a significant <laughs> role in this movie you know, the number nine pops up a lot. Banks' number in the Hawks is number nine. Gordon was number nine on the Hawks. Banks is 99, which is Wayne Gretzky's number, on the Ducks. Charlie's 96. Hall was number nine. It's like, I don't know why that number kept popping. Maybe it was just like an easy number to go with, but like it felt like there was a reason behind that. And I didn't so I'm going to spitball and then I'm going to give you a reason that might come a little bit closer to it. All right. Um, First of all, um, (laughs) let's talk about Banks for a second. So one of the things I found out about him is that the character of Adam Banks, the the actor who played him, was not originally the original actor 
for Adam Banks. They basically nobody. hired You've never seen him before. Like, right. they've gotten more of a name. He was essentially just another kid they hired to be on the team. And there was another kid who was playing Adam Banks, but they had a strict no bullying policy because it's Disney right. to be an actor in this movie. And this kid who was playing Banks, maybe ironically, when you think about who the character is supposed to be in terms of, of um, you know, uh, being Boy. on a Hawk uh, character, um, was a bully to the kids on set. Like he was bullying all the other kids on set. And so they ended up like warning him repeatedly. Like, if you keep this up, we're going to kick you off this. And he kept doing it and he got kicked off. So we get the kid who becomes banks there. All right. Um, Then there's a little, like, you know, as far as like my thoughts, like banks is nine on the Hawks. Gordon's nine. And like, you know, like when Gordon goes to talk to him, they sort of like make parallels that like, he is almost like Gordon. Yeah. You know, when he was a kid sort of thing. So it might be a little bit of like unintentionally rubbing it in Gordon's face that like, instead of retiring his number as a kid who played, you know, scored 198 goals in a season that like they kept his number going and now they're going to give it to this banks kid. Yeah, who's Here's the what next I really kid, think yeah. happened because if you, this is a fun fact, but also one of these things that you wouldn't, notice if you didn't go back and look is only the ducks and the hawks have both numbers and names on their jerseys the entire movie all the other teams are only numbers i did notice that i did see that so my guess is that budgets being what they were they just didn't bother making a lot of different jerseys they probably made the same jersey that they use for the kid version of gordon they stuck it on adam banks that's my guess (laughs) probably a good guess yeah (laughs) as far as like charlie 96 the other one's 99 i don't know um maybe Maybe somebody in the wardrobe department likes that number and they they just kept sticking it where it could they put I mean, all the nines 198 were... goals in a season. Why not 199 for that, you know, sort of thing? You know, that would have actually been a better way to do it. 199 goals in that one season, and he missed that one that would have been 200. Yeah. That would have been even better. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, you might be onto something here, the secret nines hidden in this movie. It might be like some, like, Templar plot to uh, – It's like the numbers and laws. the gold. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So – you know, we get into the playoffs. They essentially win one playoff game that I saw because you blink and they're in the championship. I was like, oh, <laughs> they're in the championship. Oh, they, they won one game. I didn't see another one. Okay, cool. Great. And now we're up against the Hawks again. And, you know, now they have their jerseys. They've got the whole thing. They do the flying V. You know, they have this whole process. Which, by the way, I thought the flying V popped up more than it did, but it's only just the one time. Yeah, it's the in one time. Movie, you only get it one time. And it works in the first movie, and then it gets completely obliterated in the second movie. <laughs> they, 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 they did the um, the Karate Kid trope, where yeah. like you know the the crane technique worked in the second movie, but you're like, oh, that that crane crap won't work in this time. This yeah, yeah, is yeah. real, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, they they and the ducks are getting their butts kicked for most of this game, and they miraculously come back and they tie it, and then they go to a basically you know, a a penalty shot and, you know, Charlie, who's been the, you know, focus of the team in Gordon's eyes, the whole movie who hasn't scored a single goal is clearly not the best player in the team. I guess that we know of, I don't remember. We don't see it. We never see him score a goal. You know, we don't, we don't know that he did. Um, He's the one that goes to do the shootout. And it, is it a penalty shot or a shootout? 
It's a penalty shot. Penalty um, shot, right? Okay. He got like shoved. He got like high stick. Yeah, yeah, something like by, by. Yeah, he got like I think it was hooking yeah. by one of the Hawks at like the very last minute. Um, yeah. yeah. And so you know he takes the shot. He wins the game. You know that the, they win the championship. Great. You know we get we the next thing we see is you know they're celebrating. Yada <laughs> yada yada. We see Gordon's now going to go and try out for a minor league team through the, the, well, uh, so there's a callback there and I had forgotten about this because oh, I they, remembered him they, going they, on the bus at the end, but he takes them bizarrely to like a Dallas stars game, like something that would be nowhere around yeah, Minnesota. Is, is that or like the Chicago Blackhawks, something like that. One, one of those things, like I, I remember the stars. I don't remember who the other team was. I probably maybe, maybe it was it the quick. stars, but, they, but were they in a different city at that well, because time? Because he's, well, uh, Oh, you know what? Oh yeah, you know what? This is why I'm screwing it up. This is, I, I was like, I know I saw the stars. It's not the Dallas Stars. So it was a actual NHL game between the Minnesota North Stars oh. and the Hartford Whalers. Hartford Whalers, I know for a fact, isn't a team anymore. Yes, and and Minnesota North Stars. I'm curious if they be. Oh, yep, there you go. This this says it right here that they moved, relocated to Dallas, to Dallas and just became the Stars. So there you right. go. I wanted. To, I was wasn't curious if they. Um, you know, came over. And actually that's another thing I didn't realize Hartford Whalers became the Carolina hurricanes. So I didn't realize that. I thought, I thought they just stopped, but no, apparently they, they the just became other teams in other places. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. But yeah, so, so they kind of like give him an opportunity. Hey, you ever want to go try out? We'll get, we'll give you a shot and, you know, we'll get you into the minors or whatever, something like that. But like Gordon's like in his late 30s <laughs> he's gonna get his butt kicked as these like 20 years hockey player well, no you know that's the funny part like so that's the funny thing about gordon bombay and and emilio estevez and especially from the perspective of a kid he seemed much older and when you're watching this movie he seems much older and not given i have no idea how old he was when he was filming this in real life but his character age is 29 they mention it in one of the movies. And like I think it's the second movie they mention it in because he's like, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm going to be going and playing against kids half my age. And then in the second movie, they say that he's 29. So I was like, wait, so you were playing against 15-year-olds in the minor <laughs> leagues? <laughs> well, well, I will say, I just looked him up on IMDb. He was born in 62. So, so he's 30 it, years old. He's 30 years 62 old. 62 to 92, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And so, the, right, and, so his character age is his human age. Good for him. <laughs> and and if you think about it, when this movie would have been filmed was was ninety one, he would have been twenty nine. There you there go. There's your math. Okay, look at that <laughs> math, people. Will but math. it is funny because he seems much like older. somebody older. Yeah, and again, it might just be his look. You know what I mean? That that gives that sort of feeling. But he seems like he would be somebody older. So it is. It does throw you off a little bit. But again, like I just. You know, to to bring all this, you know, crazy derailed train back into the station <laughs> here, I just don't understand because I ha- and now I have to watch D two because I just can't understand how a team that essentially won three games goes to the Olympics. Like, well, they, so they here, this be is the, the best thing, and I'm going to jump on it because this this confused me as a kid, and I've talked about it ever since that like. He, you know, again, why did this happen? Because the movie needs it to, you know, sort of thing. But um, Team USA hockey. Okay. Is Let's he- accept that these kids are all the exact appropriate age for Team USA's junior hockey team. Right. I don't know how old you have to be. I don't know if it's high school aged. I don't know if it's middle school aged, but, I, you know, whatever. Let's just say that they're the right age. And. Let's just say that for some reason, this 
uh, what's his name? Mr. Tibbles, who's like the head of like Henderson hockey or like one of the high ups at Henderson hockey happens to just know Hans just happens to know this like random skate shop guy, I guess, because he might be buying Henderson stuff from Henderson. He knows this high up mucky muck at, at this, right. What's supposed to be like a coho type company, Henderson hockey. Um, <laughs> and from there, you have to make the leap that Hans has been talking this guy's ear off about how he took like a division five peewee hockey team and made them win like one time. And then he took off and joined the minors. So he hasn't even coached more than one year right. <laughs> and not even a full year. He missed more than half of the games. He coached four games. <laughs> four <or five laughs> that games. we know of. Yeah. Um, but, but he's the Minnesota miracle man, you know, like it sounds really good. So, we're going to get him and his whole team because they have to be the best. We're not going to go and scout people off the Hawks who are presumably Better. ridiculously good players. Um, you know, we're just going to grab them as is. And then we're going to mix in four more people that we can dig up from all sorts of corners of the country. We got Julie the Cat Gaffney from Maine. We got <laughs> Luis Mendoza from wherever. We got, you know. The other goalie from California. Or yes. You know, like, you know, like these four guys just like from wherever. Um, and that they're going to to comprise this Team USA hockey. Uh, <laughs> it's so ludicrous. And even as a kid, I was questioning it. And like on top of like, where did the rest of the Ducks go? You know, it's like, oh, like they're going to do that. And then they end up picking up what's-his-face Keenan from um, California because like yeah. all these games are being held out in California. So they it, pick him up and play on the streets there. Kid. Exactly. Um, you know, it's like they basically took the first movie and just sort of like mirrored a lot of elements from mm -hmm. it. Um, one of the hilarious things is that, you know, as a kid and not really knowing a lot of like, like, you know, Russia exists or whatever, but not really knowing or understanding what is the difference between Iceland and Russia as like a, you know, nine year old kid. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, <laughs> you're like, oh, they're fighting Iceland. And like, you know, in my mind, they were fighting Russia, but no, it's in fact Iceland and yes. like this mean, awful team. And like, you know, I found some kind of fun fact or another that was like, they did that incredibly intentionally that like geopolitical stuff and the time around them with Russia, they're just like, you know what, Russia be too obvious. Let's just go something a little different. So instead of going with Russia, they went with Iceland, but made them out like they're Russia. Like they're like these gigantic, like evil presence, you know, sort of thing, like how Russia would be portrayed in all also, media at that time. Them kind of like, you know, because they're all white, like blonde haired yeah. players. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, that, like, that very, tracks at least, you know, yeah. like that, like Norwegian sort of thing tracks at least. But here's the thing, because I've been to Iceland, nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> so you wouldn't get this like awful, awful team led by this awful, awful what's his name? The dentist Stanson, but I can't think of what his first name is. Wolf, Wolf, the dentist Stanson, you know, <laughs> like, you know, why do they call him the dentist? Cause he knocked out like 30 people's teeth, like, you know, or something like that in his, in his first season. Um, you know, like he has like knocking out teeth is to Gordon Bombay's young child, uh, yes. 198 goals record, you know, like, like who's counting these teeth anyway? You know? <laughs> There's a necklace of people's teeth around yeah, him. Yeah. Right. That would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. He's like, you know, he just keeps like saying to Gordon, I'm going to get your teeth. You know, this molar was worth it, <laughs> but he's basically knockoff Steven Seagal. You know, like he's just got like like stoic ponytail guy who's just like, 
I'm going to come and get you, Gordon Bombay, for no particular reason. <laughs> I like, hate shows you up, for no reason. You know, shows up at their, um, you know, uh, what do you call that? Like press, press conference yeah, sort of yeah. thing. And he's just like, USA is going down is where you're going. You know, like you're like, oh, sick burn. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's so, so funny. Um, but I get a kick out of the second movie. I think the additions they made with the four other slash five other um, characters are great. Um, I completely misremembered Julie the Cat Gaffney's uh, whole thing in that movie because I was saying to Zoe ahead of the movie, I'm like, this one's awesome. They got Julie the Cat Gaffney in there. She's my gully hero when I'm a kid, you know, sort of thing. And then, like, she doesn't actually even play until the very last she gets, shootout. Like, she does, like, one goal where she catches the puck. That was yeah, it. she gets the, the very last shot in the shootout is the only time that we see her ever yeah. play. Yeah. Meanwhile, she like basically like single-handedly was like like a phenom, like, you know, no goals scored on her in all of Maine yeah. or something like that, like but, on her team. But Goldberg, and, like, I guess the goal. It's, it's Yeah, and the, like the way that it's like she goes to like Bombay at some point and like in complete fairness says like I didn't leave my team in Maine and come to the world stage to not play. I want to show the world what I can do. And he's like, well, I can't remove Goldberg while he's on a streak, you know? And like, he's not really on a streak. Like if you watch like how they're doing in the games, like they're doing well, but he's not like shut out games yeah, or anything. Out, yeah. She's a shut out goalie, <laughs> you know, but then they make this whole thing out at the end of the, the movie. Like, Oh, well um, Goldberg's good on the stick side and you're good on the glove side. It, well, that's not brought up before. Like, you know, it's just sort of said that she's an incredible goalie. Like, you know, she's like the best goalie they could find. Like that Henderson hockey could find in the entire yeah. United States. I don't know. It's it's really ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot of just like bizarre, questionable things with that. I don't know. It's it, it's It's got its charms, but it's also like another just like – you know, we did it because the story requires it, I guess, sort of thing. The The reality is that Goldberg is silly and people wanted to see more of Goldberg. And that's yeah. why we get this lower, smaller team of the Ducks is they didn't bring back characters that, that didn't funny. crack as like funny or awesome or, or main characters to the yeah. first kids. You know, they just became redundant and got left behind. Yep. <laughs> And then they go to college and they battle a tough. So here's the thing, right? So this is the funny thing. And this is the way I'm actually happy that I did rewatch a little bit of D3. They don't go to college. Go to they high go school. to a high school prep school. Yeah. <laughs> high school, yeah. High school, yeah. And again, they somehow get the, the school like gives the entire Mighty Ducks team a scholarship to come be at that school as the it, JV team. As the minor, yeah, as the JV team. <laughs> You know, and so then, like, their whole thing is just that they have to beat a senior team. That's the whole kit and caboodle. It's they not beat that they all of Iceland. Like, yeah, they, they, they've already, like, competed on the world stage and won. And they bring over all those new people, like, all the, like, the, like the guy from Texas and all that. They bring them all to that high school. Except for the the like the jock guy, like the, the other half of the Bass Brothers, he must not have come back for like whatever reason. They make like that's the funny part is like in that in the second movie they don't really address why is Tammy and Tommy gone, why is this gone, whatever. Yeah. They don't even address that the one guy's brother isn't around anymore. But in the third movie they start trying to address like, well, why is the other Bash brother gone? And he's like, well, I guess I'm just a Bash now. I don't have a brother anymore, or something like that. You know, it's just like awful, just awful, awful writing. Um, and it, like 
20 minutes in, I just didn't want to watch it anymore. It just is completely <laughs> lacking all the charm, all the fun, all the whatever magic that makes those first two movies what they are. Just the third one's just completely abysmal. And to note, and to note Pete, for him to bail out on a movie, it's it's got to be bad. Well, there's also barely any hockey in it. Like, let's say, I mean, I could probably look it up, but I probably watched like the first, like, realistically 30 or 40 minutes there's barely any hockey in it. It's basically most of the time spent them just pranking the seniors and the seniors pranking them and then going off when they're not supposed to. And, you know, like doing something like it's just like, it's so stupid. Like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's really bad. And I don't think Stephen Brill wrote that one. It must be written by somebody else. Let's look it up. Let's, let's poke fun at whoever created <laughs> this travesty. Cause I'm really curious now. All right. D three, the mighty ducks drops in 1996. I'm assuming it's not going to end up on our um, top list I hope not. on IMDB. It has a 5.4 out of 10, which I think is generous. Um, given let's look, uh, mighty ducks has a 6.5 out of 10, which is actually kind of shocking. And then uh, D2 has a 6.1 out of 10. So I'm a little surprised. I'm surprised those are quite as low as they are because they're kind of beloved movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- oh, you know, it is written by Stephen Brill. He just no, must no, have no. been like. No, it says it says characters by Stephen Brill, story by Kenneth oh, yes. Johnson and Jim Bernstein. Well, kind of. It says characters and screenplay. Like he's he's tagged with both. Let me go over. Let's do a tiebreaker. Let's jump over to Wikipedia here and see see what uh, Wikipedia has to say about it. Uh, screenplay by Stephen Brill and Jim Bernstein. Story by Kenneth Johnson and Jim Bernstein. So I don't know. He just must have like become creatively bankrupt by this point. <laughs> um, you know, because it just doesn't it doesn't really uh, track past this. Um, they do bring back Emilio Estevez. They do bring back Heidi Kling, as you mentioned, I think before they bring in Jeffrey Nordling as coach O'Ryan, who is just like, you know, it's like, oh, he's a tough, mean coach. And so they don't like him and they don't want to like, you know, work for him and they get in fights with him. And I get that because he's just basically kind of a jerk. (laughs) Like, I don't really find him to be redeeming in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Eden Hall Academy, a high ranking prep school. I don't know. It, it just it's just lacking. Like, like, how do you go from like the world stage to that? You know, it, it I just wish they could have gone with something different for it. Um, you know, there's also Mighty Ducks, the animated series. <laughs> did you ever watch that as a kid? No, I did not. not That's that I- uh, 96 to 97. So it essentially coincides with uh, D3. Um, I watched a little bit of it. Um, it's like they play hockey, but they also like, like fight crime, like on the side or something like that. Um, you know, it's kind of like street sharks. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's like street sharks and like biker mice from Mars and like all these sort of like generic. Do you remember pro stars? I do. Yes. (laughs) Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky fighting, fighting crime and roller skating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a little earlier. What's that? Let me look. That's 91. Yeah. (laughs) That's a show, man. That was a show. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's just like, uh, uh, as far as those type of shows go, it's 
another one, you know? (laughs) So bizarrely, that's rated 6.4 out of 10. So that's rated as high as the first Mighty Ducks movie. Really? Yeah. So nobody can trust in the IMDb rankings, I guess. It's like Rotten Tomatoes. No one knows. Although there's some pretty good voice talent in that. Anyway, I'm going to get off that. Let's, (laughs) let's, Let's end this thing. So overall... Mighty Ducks, great movie. Um, where do you stand D1 versus D2? Which is which is the one you would watch if you had to watch one again? I think I'd watch D2 again more. I think I would too. I mean, the original's good, but it's a little like Star Wars to Empire. It's like they kind of like found themselves a little bit more by the second and you've already got like a little bit of a ball rolling. I also yeah. think the extra added characters, like you said, the guy from Texas, you know, the girl from Maine, those extra characters really kind of filled in the gaps for some of the other characters in the first movie that kind of were throwaway. And I think that really ties it in. And I just like the element of it. it's, it's bigger. It's there's more at stake. They actually play better. Like they're, you know, they're a better team. Yeah. And, you know, though there's less about Gordon, more about the team. I do think D2 is a better movie. Well, and like, again, like that world, setting kind of also is a more fun setting than yeah. unnamed other division teams yeah. besides the Hawks. You know, it's like, Oh, it's fun. They're playing Jamaica. You know, they've got tie dye outfits on. All right. You know? So it's like, I don't know. It's a little bit more fun. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Um, we will be back again in another two weeks with, or maybe not quite two weeks because we're a little late on this episode. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to record again pretty soon here. <laughs> all right so november 1992 let's talk a little bit i think i know which movie we're going to be doing here but let me list four and see if that's where you're at too dracula home alone 2 lost in new york passenger 57 and malcolm x Ooh. can anybody beat Kevin McAllister, I want to know. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> is Home because Home Alone Two is not as beloved as Home Alone, so I'm know. curious if that can take the cake over like Dracula or Malcolm X. I don't know. Passenger Fifty Seven is pretty good. You always bet on black in that movie. What? what that's what he says. He says it in the movie. <laughs> he says it. It's Wesley Snipes. Fantastic. Come on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you can cut that out. All right. Well, I, no, I'm not cutting that out. No, that's 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 perfect right where it is. Um, I think that's our list. So that's what I'm going to toss up to, to put on the vote list here. We'll see uh, what, what people do with it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can clearly call who where people will go with that. I think I I'd think, be happy doing I think Home Alone three will win, out though. of four of those. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would really rather not do – well, don't say that because that's the one that'll get votes. Then. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. But I think Home Alone's got the strong chance to win. But I would love to do 57. I think Passion 57 would be so fun. Um, but that's just my opinion. And it's your month to do the notes. So whatever it is, it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably do like a five-day poll on this one and uh, and see where we land, I guess. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Michael, tell them where they can find us. So, first of all, you can find us at our website, boxoffice30.com. You can check out a bunch of our back episodes. You also go to the Twitters and the Facebooks, and it's boxoffice30. Or Instagram is at boxoffice, T-H-I-R-T-Y. You can go to our Tee Public store and get some merch. It's getting chilly out. I really got to get a sweatshirt. <laughs> I've, been, I've been procrastinating, and they keep sending me those like, ooh, 35% off this weekend. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want to buy it yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
we'll, we'll see. But, you know, we've got a lot of cool stuff. We've got a lot of great content. Please hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. We love chatting with people and hearing what you think. Take our polls. You know, and you can also listen to the other Retro Network podcasts that are so many different things from wrestling podcasts to other Brady Bunch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> card openings like all, yeah. on old packs of cards. I also jump in here to say too that the Retro Network Halloween special just dropped, so you can also check that out. Now we have our segment in there. There's a bunch of other great segments in it. Awesome show, over two hours, um, just loaded with with good Halloween spooky stuff. So um, certainly check that one out as well. <laughs> and as always, you know, we want to thank Jason and Mickey of the Retro Network for giving us a platform to sit here and talk to each other about movies for an hour and a half twice a week. And it's, it's, it's super fun and we enjoy doing it. And, you know, we enjoy hearing from you guys and we love the community and all that fun stuff. And we just want to do more. If you have any ideas you want to share with the show, please don't hesitate to reach out to us and give us some feedback or thoughts. And if you go on iTunes, give us a comment, give us a, a rating, let us know what you think of the show. We would love to, it helps us get, you know, more people on our radar, which is great. But, you know, as always, you know, ducks fly together, baby. Quack, quack, fly quack. Together. Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. Bye, friends. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.